We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kevin Flaherty joins us to do a fantasy draft of KU football players only. Let's do it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome to Booth Review, presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Emprise has wearable banking. That allows you to check your account balance, find ATM locations, and receive alerts all from your smartwatch just as easily as you can check your steps. Don't be tethered to a brick building when the ability to bank is tethered to your wrists. Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partner Impossible here at KC Sports Network. We have a big show today. Very excited uh, to welcome on Scott Chasen. Uh, Scott why don't you just go ahead and uh, intro the guest here today? I like it. It's the second time we've done this. I'm going to introduce <laughs> Kent next, and then we'll know. Uh, Kevin Flaherty, a man. Look, for those who do not know, Kevin obviously does great work covering college sports. He's, you can find his stuff, CBS Sports, 24-7 Sports. Kevin's on Twitter. He's great. Okay. Kevin is also a barbecue savant. Mm-hmm. And he took <laughs> Kent and myself to Heart Barbecue. This last weekend, it was excellent. They're open something like four hours per week. It was very good. <laughs> Kevin, introduce yourself to the people, but also give a barbecue tip to everyone because I know that's what people who are listening are really looking for. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the entire draw of having me on at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, if you, uh, I think one of the really cool things about Kansas City Barbecue is that it's going through sort of a renaissance and you've got a lot of, of new faces kind of adding in with the ones that, that we all grew up with the, the Arthur Bryans and Gates and everybody. And, and I think our, our next sort of new face, if you will, is we're going to have to get to chef Jay. So <laughs> that's going to be a, uh, be a good time. Those, uh, those bacon burn ends for Kent. That's, uh, that's I, am, spot. I am hyped beyond belief for those <laughs> bacon burn ends. I had them in Texas. I was telling these guys, I had them in Texas at one spot. And uh, I did some Google research on like, bacon burn ends kansas city 
And Chef Jay is the only person that showed up. I am irrationally excited to try those. Yeah, and and Tucker, you need to hold this part of the podcast until we have gone, so the line is not too bad at Chef Jay Barbecue. So <laughs> before there are people there. Hey, look, then we we, we have we, we have a barbecue influencer on screen mm-hmm. now, so <laughs> that's exactly yeah. We've got to be very mindful of that when we're producing this show. And and not just barbecue, by the way. Kevin also knows and does a ton with local recruiting, um, and, and that's a big part of what, having previously worked at 24-7 Sports, I know Kevin was kind of the expert and the person, the kind of sounding board. Um, Kevin and I have been to a bunch of recruiting camps together, just going back to my time writing about the team, and, and kind of a memorable story. I, there was a, a three-star recruit who at, at one point was bordering on four-star. He was a defensive back who ended up at Georgia, and I remembered seeing him at this camp and someone had let us know that this guy was going to be out there and seeing him get kind of picked apart by just sort of random Kansas wide receiver <laughs> talent. And look, yes, maybe he wasn't trying the hardest. Maybe it wasn't the biggest, highest profile camp, but that was kind of the first moment, at least for me, where I started looking around like, hey, I mean, this is not Florida. This is not Texas, but you're actually starting to get some guys here and some talent. Kevin, what do you think about talent in the uh, in the sunflower state? What do you think about uh, talent here? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great question because this is sort of a generational class, right? I mean, I've been been sort of following local recruiting since 2002, 2003, somewhere around in there and started really covering it maybe a year or two after that and, and going to all the high school games and seeing all these guys. And Scott Kent, this is the best class that I can remember uh, from an in-state standpoint. It maybe doesn't have, you know, you think of like the Brown brothers and and stuff like that, where you had the five-star recruits and and things like that. It maybe doesn't have that at this point, but at the same time, you do have, you know, a really strong top three, all of whom are likely to be four-star type guys. And and Avery Johnson, the quarterback from Mays, who's going to Kansas State, Dylan Edwards, the running back from Derby, who is headed to Notre Dame. And then uh, John Randall uh, Jr., familiar name for uh, for Kansas fans with John Randall Sr. playing at Kansas. He's still undecided. And so you're going to have those three, four stars. But I think what makes this class really different is you're looking at guys even outside that 15 to 20 range in the state and saying there's some guys that might be able to play in the Big 12 among these guys, those kinds of athletes. And, and so I do think that this is a pretty special class and 2024 does does not look like that. So it's not necessarily a continuation type thing, but awesome. it has been fun to watch. I, I Kevin, I'm I'm laughing over here to mask the pain of the fact that <laughs> Kansas doesn't have one kid in the state of Kansas committed uh for 2023 yet. Do you think they're gonna strike out on this class in the state, or is there some hope, you know, here for some of these guys? Well, you know, it's interesting because I I think they may wind up with a kid or two, but maybe on down the line, you know, it might not be Mm. on signing day this year. You know, Kansas was a a very real player uh, in the recruitment for Calvin Clements, who chose Baylor. And Mm. when you look at the way that that Baylor has recruited offensive linemen, not that, that Calvin can't hang at that level, I think he can. But at the same time, that's a situation where they really set themselves up well in case there is a transfer down the line. Another guy that's really interesting to me is Aiden Beamer, the the tight end from Blue Valley Northwest, because he's somebody that I think Kansas would take based on athletic numbers, but 
he hasn't played any tight end. He plays left tackle for, for Blue Valley Northwest as like a six foot five, 220 pound guy, but he runs in the four sixes. So, I mean, he's not a left tackle at the next level. He may need to go to like a junior college or something for a year, be a full qualifier, you know, ball out. And maybe Kansas is there on the other end. I know they worked him out and, and really liked him. And, and they've had that conversation with him. Trey Richardson was another guy that, that Kansas, you know, probably could have gotten to commit, but there were some wires crossed on, you know, Richardson wanted to play wide receiver. Kansas wanted him as a running back because they want bigger slot guys who can block because you're going to be asked to do that more often. Yeah. If you're running wide zone 30 times a game and you're going to throw to that wide receiver, you know, three to five times a game, what's really more important. And so I do think there were some opportunities for them in this class. I don't know that when it comes around to signing day, you know, potentially maybe there's a, a change or two there. I know um, there's a really interesting linebacker out of Olathe, Eric Butler, who's a guy that was just shy of, I think, six foot three, around 225 pounds and ran four, four, eight uh, laser time at a Kansas City camp. Kansas knows about him. I, I think there's been some conversation there. His dad played for Mark Mangino, was a defensive tackle at Kansas. And so maybe, you know, and Eric Butler slips into this class at some point when they evaluate him a little more. But if, if we were putting odds on it right now, I would say that it's pretty likely that that Kansas goes to National Signing Day, you know, without a surprise or two, maybe winds up not getting a guy from this class at least right away. Yeah, Kevin, I, I know this is something you've talked a lot about too. And uh, if we get to it, we've got a few things planned today. I do want to circle back to this because I've got a, a couple things for you on this. But I think the big thing we're excited about doing today and why we brought Kevin on, we needed three of us, so it wasn't just Kent and myself. Uh, we're going to draft Kansas skill position players today. Um, and that means basically Jalen Daniels is going to be this team's starting quarterback. We all think he's off the board. We're not going to worry about defense because there's really just one option. So we're going to go back and forth. We predetermined a drafting order. I've already forgotten it. All I know is I'm going <laughs> second. Does anyone remember? What, Kevin's, what we going, Kevin's going first. I'm going first, but I don't think I had a, a choice in the matter. With, with, I, what, no, oh, okay. No, Hold no, on, no. Kevin. Kevin made this uh, so much saying, harder Scott than says, list your preferences. They got to their preferences before I did, in fairness. You know, you guys <laughs> had claim, and then Scott said, okay, your preference is one. So that, <laughs> I don't. That's not quite how that went as down. Long, as long as asked, we, can, we just turn it back on Scott, I'm okay. That's fine. Like, yeah, that's no, what I, I'm oh, no, I can't believe in all this. He's just uh, he's, he's kind of a prima donna. Perfect. Yeah. It was yeah. all Scott. He's like okay. we're like four episodes in, and this guy <laughs> is just unbelievably difficult to work with. Like <laughs> that's what they say. I don't know if we're gonna make it. This this podcast might end before the season starts. I'm just and that's a. <laughs> That's a good point. That's there's a good probability of that. Well, Kevin, since you do have the first pick that I forced upon you, uh, why don't I, I will I'll back up real quick. So we're doing a, a running back, a receiver, tight end, and a flex. So four positions each because you can't go that deep. But uh, Kevin, why don't you take us away and uh, and give us your first pick? Sure. I, I think part of the reason nobody wanted the number one pick was Kansas is likely to have a timeshare at running back, and so if you can pick second as you know scott really really wanted to do you can get you know potentially the other top running back in, in that timeshare and still be there on the snake around to get a higher pick so 
I, I will pick the guy that, that I feel like you almost have to pick with the number one pick uh, in Devin Neal. I, I think, you know, there have maybe been some, some running backs that, uh, that could get around the same number of touches, maybe. But when you look at what he did last year, the fact that he was already in the system and, and you know, the explosiveness that he has, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do different things. Uh, I do think that uh, that Devin Neal would be my first pick. Kent draft grade. Oh, hey, I this is this is the easy pick. I mean, it is. I I'm glad I'm not picking first because I do think that the 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 carries will be spread out around a little bit. Yep. But like this is this is this is the slam dunk move that you have to make. This move. There's there's no other choice for you. This is a great pick by Kevin. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement, and I'm a little bit mad that Kevin saw through exactly what my strategy was here. Like, I wanted Devin Neal. I didn't want to go third, but I was like, yeah, I'll go second. I'll take Kai Thomas, who is my pick, for pretty much the the same reason you outlined. Look, anytime you go after a high-profile transfer um, and bring him in, one, you want to feature him. Two, you come with a plan. And the stories I've heard of Kansas's transfer recruiting – goes back to things we've talked about on here and, and things that we've all seen with this staff, which is, you know, they just have such a detailed plan of here's how we want to use you. Here's how we can design an offense around you. Here's how we can set you up for success um, within our offense and adjust what we do to best fit you. Because I think the KU staff is really cognizant of, you know, featuring some things that it wants to do offensively, but also playing to its personnel um, from, you know, everything I've heard that as camp has gone on, Kai Thomas has flashed a little bit more and more and, with that timeshare, you don't have to worry about him wearing down over the you know long course of a season. So Kai Thomas, I think, is the easy pick at two. And that makes the third pick, Kent, the most fun pick of the draft because sure. you can go anywhere on this. Well, and it's Snake style. So I go, I, I turn around and get to pick again, right? So yep. I asked Scott before all of this if this was like a PPR type league where collusion, we're getting, collusion. We're getting credit for catches and whatnot. <laughs> and the guy I want is Luke Grimm. I think Luke Grimm is going to be a volume catcher within this offense. I think the, the slot type player uh, that, you know, has shown a pretty diverse route, she, tra- route tree, toughness in the middle of the field, soft hands, ability to track the football. There's some positive stuff there that we've seen out of Luke Grimm to this point. Um, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, the, the the leader in touchdown catches for this football team, but I do think from a volume perspective, I think he makes up for it in that regard. We talked a lot about who could Jalen Daniels turn to as a guy. I think Luke Grimm is is the guy I'm going to go with with uh, betting on on that guy. I'm a little nervous here. This I don't love this strategy entirely of going third and and volunteering to go third, but I do like Luke Grimm. There's some I have some concerns here down the road. We'll I'll 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 point to them when I when I get a little worried, but. Luke Grimm. I don't know, Kevin, what do you think? Do you think, do you think Luke Grimm is the volume catcher for this offense? Do you think there's a good chance of that happening? Yeah, I think there's a really good chance. You know, I, when I was down in Texas and covered recruiting to a major extent there, I had a college coach tell me once that yes, athletic numbers were important. You know, yes, size is important, but there's always a market for a guy who gets open and catches the ball. And and that's Luke Grimm, right? When they took Luke Grimm, I think they initially what Scott targeted him as a safety, and then yeah, they switched of, him at a camp. yeah, and then moved him over kind of at the last minute. And it was one of those things where I remember having the conversation with Scott, where it was this guy's going to play early, not necessarily because they want him to play early, but they're not going to have a choice. Mm. You know, he's yeah. going to be good enough, and, and I think not only have you seen that, I think 
there's a tendency sometimes, Kent, with guys like Luke Grimm to feel like they're maxed out or they are what they are. But I think that when you watched him over the latter part of last year, I did think that you saw Luke Grimm come on and yes. show some improvement and some things that he didn't show as a freshman and earlier on in his career. Well, and it's weird because it coincides with Jalen Daniels playing too, right? Like sure. that's the thing you got to take into consideration too. We've seen Jalen Daniels and Luke Grimm together pairing very nicely. And so like, that's what I'm banking on here with my first pick in the draft. Yeah. And Kent, when we made this a PPR, when we made that designation, when you bullied us into doing that, <laughs> I moved Luke Grimm up my board immediately. Like yeah. I, I originally had him, I was kind of like third, fourth. I put him up as my top wide receiver. Um, after I, that, I, I should have told you you were targeting the second you asked that. Question. Yeah, yeah, of course it was. Yeah. I think I, it was so transparent. If you guys are going to go with the running backs, I've got to try to get a little creative here. That's why. I, yeah. I bullied myself into a, a PPR. Uh, okay. So Luke Grimm <laughs> round one pick. I have to get a running back here because mm -hmm. if I don't get a running back here, you two are going to take You're one of you is going to take Daniel Highshaw from me. Yeah. And I like Daniel Highshaw, the, the reports out of camp. Very strong camp. This is a bigger guy that, you know, I, I think can be the goal line back, potentially. This is a guy that could potentially snipe some touchdowns from some of the bigger, you know, from the Devin Neals and the Kai Thomases of the world. This is not a bad problem to have. We know Andy Kotelnik, he talks about a pair in the spare. Yep. Well, the, the spare we all thought were three running backs in. He's not even been mentioned yet. I'm sure he's coming off the board relatively quick here. But I love the idea of getting Daniel Highshaw. I, I think if anything happens to one of Devin Neal or Kai Thomas, God forbid, Daniel Highshaw can also step in and perform uh, more than admirably. I really like this pick. I really like the value here. Yeah, I think I think one of the things with Highshaw, too, is he was a high school quarterback. And so you go back and, and watch the tape, and, and as a true freshman, he's out there running for 87 yards against Texas Tech and, and all that, and I don't think – know that a lot of people realize that he should have plenty of upside, you know, just from not playing the position. And he may have been there for a breakout year last year, had the injury. A lot of accounts were that he's been the best running back through camp so far. I, I know Scott was saying, you know, Kai Thomas has maybe been the best back the last week or, or week and a half, maybe two weeks. But if you go through the entirety of camp, I think you'd be able to find people who said that, that Highshaw was, was the best back on the team over that period. Yeah, and you, you've got one added benefit here, which is Lance Leipold kind of stuck up for him in a press conference. He was asked uh, what I thought was a, a very good and fair question about the talent level on the team, and I think he took exception to the term recruited over, and, and he went on kind of a rant about guys holding their own, which in another way was kind of the point of the question, right? Like the question was, how have guys responded to you bringing in this talent? And he said, well, hey, they're holding their own, which was a, a pretty good answer. But Daniel Hyshaw was that guy. And he sort of stood out there and said, hey, no one is pushing Daniel Hyshaw around. Daniel Hyshaw yeah. is doing well. So it would not shock me if Daniel Hyshaw gets on the field before any of the transfer running backs just for Lance Leipold to fully bring home that point. I like that pick. I was actually going to take him. I was going to go running back, running back. I knew um, it was coming. I, I knew yeah. I did not have a choice. I just yeah. I knew I didn't have a choice. Wide receiver, though. Um, I got to go wide receiver, and there are two. I would be thrilled with either of them. I am going to take LJ Arnold, and I'm going to leave Kevin a guy that I'm actually probably higher on than LJ Arnold and Douglas Emelian. But I think the, the thing with LJ Arnold is 
he's been around. He knows the system. He's got all the athletic, the long jump, the high jump. He's He's been there, basically. And it was also a case where he almost wasn't there. KU had a chance to convince him to stay. And I think through that process, that tells you they believe in him, they want him around, and they want him to be a focal point of sorts. So I will take him, mostly because I've been burned by transfers too many times. I already have <laughs> one on my team. But, Kevin, I'm leaving you a wide receiver who, from everything I've heard and seen in person from when I was out at camp, looked really impressive to me. Yeah, Douglas Million was my wide receiver one. Um, and he, even with the PPR format, I think – Luke Grimm has a chance to lead the team in catches. I, I think Kent nailed it on that. But I think that Emilian has a chance to to sort of do what Kwame Lasseter did a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where he's not your top receiver heading into the season. A few weeks in, though, you find that, hey, we're, we're playing TCU. We're up against it. Nobody's getting open except for Douglas Emilian, so let's throw the ball that way. And, and I think when you watch Emilian's tape, He's such an electric route runner. You know, some guys just have that trait. And I know Kent covers the the Chiefs exceptionally well. You know, a guy, you know, like Sky Moore, the way that he is able to use speeds to make his speed play up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you see a lot with Emilian. It's not necessarily that, hey, here's a guy that's going to line up and just kill you with with a nine route all day. I mean, it, it's it's more that this he understands body control he understands how to get defenders on the wrong foot he understands change of pace and how to get corners playing at his pace and so a million is going to be my pick uh right there i think on the swing around this is a tough one for me because there are some wide receivers there that i think have upside to where you you could potentially see them being one of the top couple wide receivers but with Amelia maybe being a little bit of an upside pick with me, I'm going to go safe and go with Trevor Cardell here. You Ooh. Know, I, I, uh, That's where I was going next. I'm, I, I'm, I, I almost took him last pick too. Uh, I, I think Cardell is a really interesting combination because he was a high school wide receiver and, and not like a big slot, like a guy that you lined up out there um, as an X wide receiver and has put on a lot of weight you know, is one of the better blocking tight ends that that they have, especially when you look at, you know, Mason Fairchild and some of those guys that maybe he's battling for playing time a little bit. You know with this staff that blocking it is sort of the key to unlocking playing time at that spot. And so I think Cardell is going to get a chance to play quite a bit because of the blocking. And even in addition to that, I think he has the receiving skills to where we could see him have a, a nice year catching passes too. Kent, I'm upset already. Um, <laughs> when I first made my draft board, Kevin has drafted my running back one, my wide receiver one, and my tight end one. Now I moved it around. I overthought <laughs> some things, but Kevin literally walked away with my top at each position. That, that's what you get for making me take number one, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. We really we twisted uh, your uh, arm. Sports, and here you are. <laughs> I'm going to test Kent's preparedness here because with how well Kevin is drafting, I would argue that Kevin has been the draft king so far for us. Kent, you ready? Yeah. Well, speaking of DraftKings, did you know the state of Kansas that DraftKings Sportbook is coming to the Sunflower State? It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KCSN. That is KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win $100,000 
free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today with promo code KCSN and no deposit is required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code KCSN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 plus. Physically present, present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subject to regulate regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as four $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited. Ends first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at draftkings.com slash Kansas or dkng.co slash KS. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kent, do you need a breather? <laughs> Is it my turn to draft? No, there's a there's a draft there's a draft there's a there's a there's a there's a round before uh, he can catch before. up while Scott picks. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I'm gonna go pass out now. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pick very quickly. You did that. Andrew looked great in your Charlie Hustle shirt while doing it. So what? This see, that's is a Scott's such a professional man. <laughs> that's a streamlined way to do an ad. Anyway, Good lord. Um, okay, let me make my pick here. So my problem is I have two tight ends that I like. I also have two skill position guys that I like, and I'm afraid the guy I want most in either event will be off the board um, because Kent gets two picks. So I'm going to take Mason Fairchild, who um, my personal opinion is probably should be Kansas's third tight end. Um, just based off, I think there are other tight ends that are better at blocking. I think Jared Casey has emerged as a guy who's capable of doing a whole lot of things, but Mason Fairchild has playing experience. He has playing experience under multiple staffs. He's a guy um, who has been big or who has been featured in the receiving game. And I think in time, you have to trust his development, his growth. And I think Lance Leipold has shown kind of a stick to with him. Um, and same with Andy Kotelnicki. So I know down the stretch, injuries kind of changed around the tight end room. I think Jared Casey's a very good player. I think he'll kind of by default be Kent's pick at tight end, not to spoil anything. But um, I'm going to count on Mason Fairchild PPR to get me a few points here. Um, and, and I'll go with that. 
Well, do you Scott, guys know? You were, I was oh, just go. Say, Scott, you broke down a lot of film on the team last year. And one of the things that you had mentioned was that Mason Fairchild was a lot better blocker at the end of the year, you know, before he got hurt than he was in those in those first few games. <laughs> they, they could not block. The, <laughs> the tight ends trying to block early in the year was a hot mess. We talked, it, I think we talked about this on the first episode. Yeah. It was so yeah. bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it I, took him a while. Ken, I am curious. I, while you were reading your ad, I, I actually want to ask you this question to go back a pick. So Kevin and I, LJ Arnold, Douglas Emelian, who would you have taken if you could have chosen between the receivers and then go on to your uh, to your two pick? Uh, I would have taken Douglas Emelian. Yes. Uh, and I would have taken the, <laughs> I would have taken the guy I'm about to take right here. Okay. So I am thrilled, and I've been nervous this entire time. <laughs> do you guys know who? Uh, do you know who Jared Casey's first NIL deal was with? I, I know the answer to this question, but Ke- I'm partially employed by them right now. Kevin, do you know the answer? Uh, was it Applebee's or are you no. talking about somebody else? It was KC Sports Network. No, I did not know that. We were the first. We were we okay. were we were Jared Casey's first NIL deal. He came. I was on. like, man, Scott's working at Applebee's. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's a heck of a reveal. Hey. Like, just dropping that in mid episode. Tucker, that's the open right there. Look at that, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Scott, uh, he's been serving up those delicious dollar margs uh, on the side in between Casey and said, yeah, two for 20s, you know, I mean, he's just he's out here. He's out here grinding and hustling. Um, He actually left media to start working uh, at Applebee's. Uh, No shame in that. Um, Jared Casey uh, was was the first or or Casey was the first for, for Jared Casey. I'm going with Jared Casey. I don't I know like. Yes, the the prototype, the physical prototypes are there for Trevor Cardell and Mason Fairchild. I like what Jared Casey did at the end of the year. The same thing we just got done talking about with Luke Grimm. Maybe I'm relying on the three-game sample size with Jalen Daniels, but there was a very obvious connection with uh, Jared Casey and and with Jalen Daniels. And you're talking about a guy who has, by all indications, the best hands on the team, some are saying, and a guy that has done it in the past a sample size of doing it. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at what Jared Casey had eight catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns, 12.6 yards per catch. I mean, he almost out caught uh, Mason Fairchild. He averaged more per ca- He averaged almost three yards per catch more than Mason Fairchild last year. I'm very encouraged uh, by the prospect of, of Jared Cur- Casey continuing to build off of what he did last year. And I'm, beyond thrilled to be getting him as the third tight end i'm you know i maybe i'm getting duped and you guys know something i don't like he got hurt today or something but i'm hyped about jared casey as the third tight end off the board what what kept you guys i get i'll ask i'll ask you guys what kept you kevin what kept you from 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 taking jared casey sure he was my second tight end you know behind trevor cardell and one of the things that i really liked about jared casey too is you you've heard about them using multiple running backs this year, you know, to try and get Devin Neal and Kai Thomas and High Shaw and Savion Morrison all on the on the field, you know, together. But I think the other thing that that Kansas could do this year that maybe you haven't heard as much about or, or conversations about is Jared Casey could play some fullback in addition to tight end. If you wanted to go out there with a single tight end and motion him around or do different things. He could be your point of attack guy in yes. the running game with the way that he blocks. And if you have that, it's not that hard to to sneak that guy out for a catch here and there. Um, 
there was a uh, a fullback in the Mangino era. I don't know if you remember Austin Wabusi, who is a guy that, the that they yeah that they kind of snuck out in goal line situations, you know, and, and sort of ran that boot that is always open in college games. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's a, a rule they passed with like the NCAA football franchise and EA Sports, but that play always works on the goal line and I the little throwback bootleg. And I feel like Jared Casey has a chance to put up some goal line production, either as a fullback sniffer guy or as a, a legitimate tight end too. Yeah, Ken, I just wanted to make you happy. That's why I left him for you. Uh huh. Oh, okay, so sure nice. Uh huh. Applebee's gift cards on the way too. Mm-hmm. Or okay. Uh, so I I'm I'm back I'm back up. Uh, and I'm beyond thrilled to get the returning uh, leader in receiving yards for Kansas football last year. I'm going wide receiver Trevor Wilson. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just I've I've got the second highest receive. I've got the most returning yard, receiving yards, the second most returning uh, receiving yards, and the fifth most returning receiving receiving yards on my football team uh, on my on my fantasy team here at this point. Trevor Wilson, um, a guy that gets a little bit overlooked. I mean, there's a little bit more high variance I think to what Trevor Wilson's done to this point. I don't think he's the guy that's going to be. Um, operating at the slot and being the high volume catcher that maybe some of these other guys are, but there's some very real vertical stretch ability to his game. You saw the catch against Duke. I mean, Jalen Daniels can air it out. And I think if you're looking at how this team's wanting to improve and make some improvements, some of the shot plays are probably an area that this team undoubtedly need to approve. I mean, even when Jalen Daniels was, you know, working, it wasn't necessarily a ton of shot plays down the field that were having a ton of success. They were moving the chains, you know, they were having to make some difficult fourth down decisions. They were in some third and short kind of situations. It was a lot more methodical. The explosives, I think Trevor Wilson's a guy that's going to help generate some of those explosives if they're going to find them this season. Give me Trevor Wilson. I love the value down here, Scott. Pick it apart, but I don't think you're going to have – I don't think you're going to be able to. No. So no. that I had two flex options. He was one of them. One, I think, you look at what he did at Buffalo his, that year that he was there. I think he only had like 300-ish receiving yards, but you look at yards per catch – um, and it was insane. It was like 30 yards per catch or something like that. It may not have been exactly that, but it, it was just an absolutely crazy total. Um, I, I think when he came to Kansas, there was hope about featuring him more in special teams. I don't think he has the hands for that. And I know it's different in terms of receiving versus like in the punt game. Um, I remember going out to camp and seeing him actually have, you know, some problems fielding punts, but the staff still trusted him. They still threw him into games. He made some incredibly impressive catches. Kevin, I'm, I'm a fan of Trevor Wilson. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, Kent hit the nail on the head in that if they want to be successful, you you can't just live with with the seven to 10 yard completions. You have to get people out of the box. And and that was really what Trevor Wilson did for them at Buffalo. You know, they ran play action, had him just run by somebody, and then they hit him for, for 40 yards. And they did it at a, a fairly high rate. And you look at the quarterback position for a lot of last year, not that Jason Bean played badly, but it was a little bit unsettled, I think you could mm-hmm. say, from a passing standpoint. And if Jalen Daniels can bring consistency as a thrower this year, I, I think Wilson's somebody that could you know, really see his stock take off as he takes the top off of defenses. Wilson was my wide receiver four, and the only reason was I felt like he had a much better connection with Jason Bean than Jalen Daniels, mm. but I don't think that's a that's a him thing. Um, yeah. or like a knock against him. I, I just think, and you got the guy who I would have put first then in, in Luke Grimm. So, um, you know, I think it all balances out. My flex, my last pick here, I'm going with Savion Morrison. Um, I probably, I almost took him over Mason Fairchild, actually. So I'm, I'm happy I get him, you know, back on the other side. I think 
you know, there's some exciting stuff he can do in the return game. I think he won't be featured as run, as a running back as much um, as the other three guys who we obviously uh, drafted a little bit earlier. But um, where I do think he'll get those chances, maybe on some of those like jet sweep action or those kind of pop passes. I think, Kent, you brought that up at one point. I think they'll find a way to get him involved. I don't think he'll have a huge workload, but with the PPR aspect of this, I, I would bet that they get him, you know, working out of the slot, just moving around the offense. I think they'll find a role for him. Well, and when was the last time Kansas got through the season with a full complement of running mm-hmm. backs? So yeah. you look at that too. I mean, and Savion Morrison's a, a player too away from having a, a really big role if he doesn't, you know, get one outright anyway, because the staff I think is is likely to roll with the hot hand. And and if somebody isn't being that guy, I don't know that they're going to hesitate to to get him out there and give him a shot. So yeah, I do think there's upside with that pick for sure. I I mean, we are. Let's see here. I got to do quick math. That's the 13th pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. And we're going with Sevion Morrison, a former four-star player who a lot of people were excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we had done this if we had done this fantasy draft in call it June. Mm-hmm. Sevion Morrison's the third pick. You yep. know? And I mean, I think I, he he goes over high, Daniel Highshaw, but I think the buzz about Daniel Highshaw is just, you know, undeniable it's i i think it's you know there's been some injury stuff with sevian morrison and all that stuff but i mean i love the value down here this late and i mean you know there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of reason to be excited about him too i mean it's just like mm-hmm. i think some of the other guys are getting a lot more shine right now but ku ku like we talked about it they're they're an extremely deep running back position and so i love i love the value of sevian morris down here and i there will be a game or two where he makes impact plays I, he might be a little bit more high variance and like his usage might be a little different some, than some of these other guys that we've outlined. But I mean, there's a lot to like about Savion Morse, especially this late. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Scott's draft and I like it too much. I'm a little, I'm a little jealous. I, I like you. It's funny. I was just thinking, wow, I have clearly the worst draft of the three. And that is why Scott is serving riblets. Yes. <laughs> Kevin, bring us home. You have the last pick. And then I, I do want to extend this. If you've got like five good minutes after this draft, I want to keep sure. this going just a little. Yeah. You know, for my last one, I wanted to swing on maybe some upside, right? Because you could get somebody like Tavita Noah here who may get in as like, you know, your third tight end or second tight end, get a little something. But I think with how unsettled that wide receiver room is and, and how we don't necessarily see the proven guys there. I'd like to swing on Tanaka Scott here. You have, you have, you know, a big, fast, athletic guy. And, and the main criticism of him seems to be, well, he hasn't done it on Saturdays yet. Well, there's only one way to do it on Saturdays. And, and if for whatever reason the receiver position isn't giving them what they want, you could go a lot worse than the six foot four guy who can really run. I know Scott and I heard some kind of hilarious reports about him when he first came to Kansas that, hey, this this guy can pretty much only run a go in a post. Having said that, that gets completed 50% of the time. <laughs> so And so, you know, with, with him having that talent and skill set, I, I think there's at least a chance for him to sneak into that top wide receiver group. And and if so, a, a six foot four guy who can run, you know, makes for a, makes for a pretty nice security blanket. Yeah, any any picks that you guys had or any any players you thought about taking that didn't make the cut, I'll give my one. 
I really thought about taking Jason Bean as my flex. Yeah. I knew you were going to pull no. something yeah. like that. I knew I, I knew I you were going to pull something like that. I, I, I mean, come on. I was thinking about it. I was just thinking about mm -hmm. it. He's going to play, and yeah. I think he's going to play not only some quarterback, but they'll mix him in sometimes. But I, I held off the urge just so I didn't upset the room. Along with the uh, Tanaka Scott pick, I was also considering Quentin Skinner, you know, for sort of the same role. You know, he's somebody that, that Jason Bean had said was one of the three or four fastest guys on the team. He's six foot five, you know, similar sort of theory to to uh, Tanaka Scott just being a bigger guy who can run. They just put him on scholarships. So you figure he's going to get a chance to to maybe do something. So he was somebody that I had on there as sort of a swing on this guy in case of emergency type deal. But he was definitely on my list. Kevin got the last pick in this draft. So mm -hmm. swing on in case of emergency might have been over preparation on your part there, Kevin. Well, you never but know. I appreciate it. I, I thought about Earl Bostic. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, you never, you never know. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, they've, they've done, I think they tried it last year, didn't they? Yeah, uh, a couple years ago, but he's played some tight end. He's a, he was a high school tight end. I know. Well, I just, he was like, he was a high school everything, wasn't he? I just remember, I mean, David Beatty yeah. thought every guy was a future NFL player, but there was definitely, I mean, he hit on Earl Bosick. He's like, hey, you know, this guy's a two, a two star player. He's pretty under recruited, but I, I think he could be a left tackle someday. And he was right. He turned out to be a really good left tackle. Before we get to the next segment, let me run. Let me run down this list of uh, let's just list teams. I would love if you want to leave a comment and tell us who won this. If you want to leave a five star review for the channel and tell us who won won this fantasy draft. Kevin went uh, Devin Neal, Douglas Amelian, Mason Fairchild, and Tanaka Scott. Trevor Cardell. Oh, Trevor Cardell. Trevor Cardell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run down the teams here and you can leave us a five-star comment. You can reply to this YouTube video. You can scream it from the rooftops who you think won this draft. No, I'm kidding. Kent, go ahead. No, uh, Scott's like, and Scott had Devin Neal, Kai Thompson. <laughs> Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott had Cuckoo Williams. Scott had, <laughs> uh, yeah, Scott had Kai Thomas, uh, LJ Arnold. Mason Fairchild, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sevion Morrison. <laughs> uh, the best team had Daniel Hyshaw, uh, Luke Grimm, Jared Casey, and Trevor Wilson. That was mine. Uh, go ahead and just, you know, you know, you know what to do, commenter. Uh, okay, Scott, you had one more thing you wanted to cover with Kevin. Let's let's get to that before we get out of here. Yeah, Kevin, I'm I'm actually gonna jump ahead because I know I know we had some plans. We're gonna have you back on at some point because we got to see how these teams are doing. Uh, sure. Mid-season, late season, we'll figure it out. But I wanted to run down your confidence scale, and and we can keep these relatively short. But I'd love you know if you gave an explanation to um, just about. I've got five of these for you, and, and Ken, I'd love your thoughts too. So first, I'll, I'll start with the area, Kevin, that that you know really well. Kansas is doing the right things in local recruiting. Confidence scale one to ten. Where are you at with that? Uh, I I'd say five, and, and it's not necessarily they're putting in more effort than previous staffs. And I think that's a really strong thing. I think uh, with this class in particular, maybe they haven't always been pointed in the right direction at the right time would maybe be the best way to put it. But I do think that if they manage to get a kid or two out of this class, um, e even if it's on down the road, 
I do think coaches are seeing the effort that they're putting in and, and it, it's kind of funny. Um, I had a conversation with a high school coach who had said that this staff could almost like not fail in, in local recruiting because as long as they did something, people were going to see that it was an improvement and that they were trying. And, and I really do think, you know, Kansas pushed hard for Avery Johnson. They weren't going to get him, but they recruited him. They pushed for Dylan Edwards. They got Dylan Edwards to visit, you know, they, some of the top guys at Kansas City, you know, made it over to Lawrence. And, and so I do think that they they laid the foundations. And, and I think it's going to be really interesting to watch in 2024 because right now the the top recruit is a kid named BJ Kennedy out of Topeka. Um, I, I think he's probably going to wind up being the defensive tackle. He's a really big body defensive end right now. But uh, BJ Kennedy is high on Kansas. And, and so I think that when you look at the way that they've recruited the 2023 class with as strong as it is, a lot of these guys emerged really early, you know, before Lance Leifold was even here. Hmm. And so I do think that they did some things really well. I, I think there were obviously some things that they could have done better, but it maybe sets them up well for the future. Okay. Okay. And Ken, I want to bring you in on this one too. How good do you feel about Kansas's quarterback spot? Kent, you go. And then Kevin, Ooh, one to 10. Uh, I I've got good receipts on uh, Jalen Daniels. I I strongly believe that KU has a guy that can legitimately compete at a high level and be part of the reason that this team gets back to respectability. I am all in on what Jalen Daniels has done in a short sample size. I am completely buying this. I think you know by the end of his career, you're going to look back on him as you know he he wanted to come and he wanted to be part of this and turn this thing around. I think you're going to look back and say he did. I genuinely believe that about Jalen Daniels. Hat tip, Brent Deerman. Kent, you got a number? A number? One to ten. We need your confidence. Oh, I need a number? Sounds like a ten. Yeah, it's a ten. I I, I think <laughs> I, I feel uber confident in what this kid's doing. Give me a ten. All in. I'm all Kevin, in. Kevin understood the game. Sorry. <laughs> I understood the assignment. Do you see what I have to put up with, <laughs> Kevin? Again, this is one of the most miserable podcasting experiences I've had in my mm -hmm. life. Yes, I, I, I get right, it. Kevin, I, I, I definitely get it. We we were talking about over some lovely barbecue. You know, shout back to that. If you look at the ten best throws by a Kansas quarterback in the last decade, I think we agreed Jalen Daniels has probably had seven of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it, when you look at like the big time, like make the defense fear you. You know, the coverage wasn't that bad, and he still you know put it on somebody type of throw he's made some really big time throws. And I think one of the most impressive things about him was, and Scott covered Kansas for his freshman year, you know, really closely. I thought Jalen Daniels was dead about five different times his freshman year. Yeah. He took some absolute shots. Mm -hmm. You know, the one against Baylor stands out. I think maybe he took one against Oklahoma that was, oh, yeah. you know, really, right. really bad. Yeah. And, and he, he got injured. Getting, both tackles, both tackles yeah. got blown by and he got sandwiched. And he just kept getting back up over and over again. And I think, you know, while you there are some people who maybe aren't Kansas fans, they look at those freshman year stats because Kansas fans look at the stats from the last three games and say, this is Jalen Daniels. They say, well, look at the career numbers. I think when you watched him closely, the toughness that he displayed over and over and then what you saw last year and the improvement and the accuracy the ability to make plays off schedule when he needed to the 
game-winning pass against Texas was off schedule. Yeah, Would you, that play got absolutely blown up. And Jalen Daniels eludes the rush, throws it back across his body to Jared Casey for the win. I, I'm not quite as high, but I I think I'd probably go like an eight point five. You know, I, I'm pretty high on on Jalen Daniels, and, and it's it's funny, Scott. I know you remember twenty four sevens. Brandon Huffman was kind of his area scout. And had seen him quite a bit. And when when Kansas wound up getting him with Brent Deerman, he goes, "I love that stocky little kid. He's like he's going to be really <laughs> good at Kansas." He said, "He says the only the only thing is he's he's short and he's got baby fat, but man, he's he's really good." And I think you know when you look at the way that that his time at Kansas has played out, you know you can see all the different things that make him potentially a franchise guy for Kansas. For sure. All right, this one's quick. This one's easy. I'm like at a nine on this one. Devin Neal is an NFL running back. Ooh. Who who's going first? I'll go. I I think I think it's about a nine too. I mean, and just the measurables, if nothing else, you're talking about a guy that before he even enrolled at KU was working out in Kansas City and was weighing two eighteen, running four four eight, and had a thirty nine inch vertical. And if you're if you're that big, that fast, that explosive, you know, that that's gonna that's gonna draw some NFL eyes, I think. So I'm a little bit less confident from an NFL perspective. And this is I'm never I, coming back. I know, right? <laughs> I I like I like Devin Neal a lot. I think a lot of what you just said has a ton of merit. There's a lot of size and it, you know, there's some power to him. Um, there's some good athletic profile. I don't know, I think he's a little bit stiff. I don't know if he's yeah. like, you know, the most dynamic player in space. I think he's more of a downhill type player that you want, you know, you kind of want getting downhill, not necessarily a guy that's able to change directions. And um, so because of that, I'm a little bit not, I'm not as totally confident in his profile translating well to the NFL level, especially as a pass catcher. I think there's a little bit of rigidity there too. Like he's capable of doing it and operating basic staples out of the backfield, but I'm a little bit less sure about the entire profile translating perfectly that being said it's still like a, a seven seven and a half for me uh, yeah Kent, I, I would if i could jump in real quick i would just say watch the pass blocking this year because from everything i've heard that's that's where he wants to take the next step maybe yes. pass catching yeah. should be there too but well, I, that's what i'm watching this look year. If, if he can be that big and you know he, he gets in the right scheme and he can pass pro like that'll be a that'll be a, a good sign i think he's a i think he's a great college back and i sure. think there's the air is still pointing up for him i mean it, it's he's he's only a sophomore he's still got plenty of time to prove me wrong i'm a little bit more wait and see with him this is going to be a huge year for him uh to to kind of help determine his outlook but um I, yeah i can't wait i mean he, he was only a freshman last year i mean you know we, we got to give him some time he's only a sophomore uh, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about him and plenty of other things the rest of the season. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Kevin Flaherty for joining us today. Uh, for me and Scott Chasen, this is Booth Review. We'll catch you later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.